I'll tell y'all something crazy. It is easier for me to do a full podcast by myself than it is for me to like do an intro for a podcast that I've like split up, right? So here's take 17. First things first, I want to wish all of the mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. There we go. There we go. I got your banner down there for you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I, I hope that the people in your life give you the love that you deserve on this Mother's Day. Uh, but I'm going to rain on your parade a little bit. Hey, people, let's not wait until Mother's Day to show our mothers that we care about them. I know for me, I haven't spent Mother's Day with my mom in five years, and I don't know when's the next time that I'll be spending Mother's Day with her just because of, you know, we live in different areas and it's hard to make that happen sometimes. So take the time when, when you feel it's necessary, when you're feeling good or that person in your life makes you feel great and you just want to show appreciation to them, hey, do that. You know, let them know that you love them and, and because they deserve that from you. So don't just wait till holidays. And I'm not just talking about Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas anniversaries, all of that. Let people know that you truly care about them. Anyway, so look, we had a great pod this week. Let me tell you, I had a great time with Candace, Wayne, and Chu. Uh, we really cut up on here, but we started off part one. We talked about um, running with the mod, you know, the whole situation down in Brunswick, Georgia, that, you know, that's, that's taking headlines. It's kind of taking the nation by force. Now, uh, we give our thoughts on that and then some of the thoughts behind the people who are like that, because at the end of the day, we're trying to get to a resolution. We don't want to continue having these problems. So what's the next step to make it to correcting this? So we began talking about that in hopes of seeing, of figuring out what we can do to have an impact on the world to make it better for all people, but especially our people. And then we go into the Sean Reed conversation, which is another example of um, police brutality, a young black man losing his life for what appeared to be absolutely no reason. I mean, we it's, it's conflicting. Story. It's a weird story, different story. But hey, look, it's it's something that needs to be talked about. It's something that needs to be corrected because our law enforcement should be here to protect and serve. And that's exactly what we should get from them. So that's that. And then finally, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So I was on my Teddy Riley uh, during that. Like my, They lost me for like a good 10 minutes. And I just want to say shout out to Wayne, Chu, Candace. Y'all really held it down. Like y'all kept the conversation going like I knew y'all would. Y'all talk shit, whatever. But look, it was great. And just again, thank you, Chu. Went, uh, Wendis, <laughs> Chu, Wayne, and Candace for coming on the pod. Uh, the plan is to start doing these pods once a month, uh, for you all. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> we live, baby. Oh man, uh, I just hey, had to, I just could not play Wayne's favorite rapper before we started this part. It's your favorite it's rapper, favorite rapper. How you gonna start off with lies? How you gonna, how you gonna do that? Can we can we come, open up guy. a moment of truth and then we transition to the show? I mean, I just thought you know 
that Gucci would just get you in the right creative mindset to get on this uh, pod and you know what I mean, get busy. I think, I, and I think that was, that's fitting because it's gonna rile him up to you know to get the Wayne that we need for the podcast. <laughs> I like oh, okay. me. Yeah. If, if that's that's the he was for, all right, I'm with it. <laughs> but hey, 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 it's the big motherfucking baby. And I'm back, baby. But I ain't by myself. I got my friends with me. I got I got my Bahrain family with me. It's the family reunion. All that going on on the pod today. What's happening, family? What's good? What's good? What's good? It's good to be back here with all y'all, even though it's virtually. It's good to see y'all face. Social distancing, doing what we can. Candid, your face is a little bit more friendly than the other two, but it's good to see all (laughs) y'all. Yeah, yeah, you know. A little brightness here. You know, I'm really happy to be doing this because when we were doing the pods back in Bahrain, people always wanted to see our face and our disposition. And although we're not in the same living room right now, it, I feel like we still are going to get a lot of the same vibes just for what uh, I could get through, through pre-production. Yeah. Agreed. That's fair. Both shows. So y'all been quarantined. We, we quarantining all differently. How y'all quarantining down there in Atlanta, Candy? You know how they quarantining. <laughs> and how I'm quarantining, I feel is different. Um, I'm actually trying to stay in my house in real life. I go out for a walk every day, but I usually try to do it when nobody else is around. Um, and if somebody else is around, then I social distance. But for the most part, I'm staying in the house. However, my friends and constituents, they be out here. Now they're not open up restaurants and the mall. So people are definitely helping the economy along. Exactly what Brian wants. Wayne, how, how's it going in New York? Hey, man, for New York, I can't call it. All I know is I hit the highway, I get to the office, I get back to the house, grab a couple groceries every now and then. That's about it. I don't, my my routine hasn't changed much. I'm still antisocial. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Had me up here dealing with these strangers. Nah, we good. Yeah. <laughs> And two, you somewhere, you got, you double lockdown, ain't you? You got quarantine and Ramadan, don't you? Yeah, but it really is really not much of a difference, to be honest. Like, the quarantine, so the quarantine made the transition to Ramadan really insignificant to the rest of us. It's really like the same thing going on. Y'all know what that means. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wrangler just ain't open to what you're telling me. <laughs> it ain't been <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing like a zoo, boy. Speaking of zoos, man, it's really starting to feel like it's a zoo out here that we're living in. Uh, just the different wild things we see and like these different animals that we become, that we encounter. And, and that makes me, and that takes me to Brunswick and the Amar Asbury thing. You know, you got a young man out on the run and <laughs> he gets attacked by some wild animals. I mean, I don't think there's really a, 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 a any other way to put it than that. Every Some people are trying to dress it up and say their neighborhood watch and all of that, but 
to me, it's just some wild animals just attacking uh, prey. Hmm. So background, would, would y'all like to tell the my um, story or y'all want me to tell it? I really want one of y'all to tell it. I don't want to talk. We can tell it. Tell it, Candy. Uh, so in general, the young man, Ahmad Aubrey, was on a run. Apparently, he had been an athlete in school and still liked to keep in shape. Um, was running leisurely. And according to the suspects, um, matched the description of someone who had robbed a nearby home or two in the area. And so they were riding, how appropriate riding, like the Klan, to pursue him um, and I guess bring him to justice, whatever way that meant. They tried to shout some commands, which they said he unfortunately didn't respond to as though he had to, right? Um, and when he didn't, and they finally caught up with him, there was a struggle. Um, the gentleman had some rifles, and in the end, Ahmad ended up dead. And that was in February. So here we are in May. Somehow the video that one of the dudes who was with the two main culprits recorded was released. And now that the video has been released, the usual Sean King's, Angela Rise, etc., got a hold of it, made a stir. People started calling, and then all of a sudden, the guys got arrested in May after he was murdered in February. So, can, can I throw something out there that uh, I, I read? I like when I was actually looking over, uh, doing some research on, on how I was going to say my piece. What I found out was a, a friend of them actually released the footage. And um, I think he was a he was an attorney, but he believed that the footage would clear them of any crime, and that was the reason that he released it, saying that if uh, Aubrey would have just froze, he wouldn't have been shot. So I just want to put that part out there. That's nuts, right? <laughs> yeah. You can even say that like, you're an attorney, right? But for you to even put that out there in the book, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. That, that, so, that's nuts. Like, I don't know where he went, but it'll be uh -oh. we lost the host. He'll be back. He'll be we back. lost the host. So I, I, that's a part of my issue with that, right? When I when I sit back and I think about the tragedy that occurred, there are so many different scenarios that could have unfolded. But the biggest issue I have is why people won't just mind their business. I guess in for these humans, I believe that people with melanin and high high levels of melanin is their business. They believe that anything that they do is something for them to focus in on. So I take a I take a huge area of concern with that type of energy. For me as a parent, one of the things I think about looking at the citizens arrest law, right? How do you have that conversation or how do I have that conversation with my children? Because right now my conversation is usually, hey, some weirdo with a van truck pull up on you and try to talk to you. You don't 
stand still and do nothing. You run and scream and go the other direction. That's my historic conversation for the kid, right? And now that you brought it up, like one of, one of my questions for you uh, would have been, or still is, which we, you can answer now, you can wait till later, is how to, like, raising kids right now, you got a, you got a son, about how, like, how do you, what do you say to them about not doing anything wrong and still ending up in a situation like that? And that's, that's my, that's the question I ask myself every day. Like, as a parent, you already come with a multitude of questions for if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, saying what you're supposed to be saying, are you on the right track, are you off base? Those are things that continuously flow through my mind, whether it's about how I'm preparing a meal or whether it's how I'm teaching them an equation in school. Right. Now I'm sitting here like, okay, I can't, now I have to have a conversation with you about how you jog down the street. At first it was, hey, when you, you know, when you're old enough to drive, you get into altercation, you're in a car. This is how you interact with the police officers. Now it's if you see a human being under this area, under this, under these guidelines of this county law or rule or whatever the case may be, these are the way that you need to behave. Like I feel like I'm supposed to dig deep and interact with them in that regard to make sure I explain all the laws and the rules for the counties that we live in. And I think that for me is where I start. Okay. I look at the citizens arrest law. I think in New York, they have a concept for stop and frisk and a couple of other places. They had their own different variants of the rules, whether it's the domain uh, castle rule or whatever the case may be. Every state has something where you're allowed to protect yourself in some capacity. Right. But, but I this think citizen, this citizens arrest thing, this isn't protection. In right. order for you to find yourself in a place where you're protecting something or protecting someone, you can't be the person initiating the altercation. You have to actually observe something and then exactly. deal with that observation in that regard. In this right. scenario, this young man is doing what he does. He's exactly. getting that cardio. The citizen's arrest in Georgia says that it's only legal if an offense is committed in your presence. And, only, and the right. only arrest may be made is if the suspect is attempting to escape. So no crime was committed in their presence, for one. So therefore, there's nothing that he's escaping for if the crime wasn't committed in his presence. Agreed. Agreed. And those those are some of the things that I ask myself. Like at that point, I guess for me, step one is to identify and understand what the law is. What is the law for the area that I live in? Right now I'm in I'm in New York. I know and I understand if we're walking down the street based on certain rules, regulations, what you know the governor put out, I need to be aware of what those things are for that portion of it. I go down to Georgia, apparently in Brunswick, I need to now comprehend the citizens arrest thing. Um, I guess I'll throw the question, Adam, you're a policy guy? Is that that's your that's your bag, right? You're like, maybe. Oh, that's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> right now, right now he's a tech guy. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, he, he is squatting right now. He's like, oh, who is uh, baby facing uh, Teddy Riley? This is Adam right now. Adam is Teddy Riley right now, yeah. This is his you gonna make a meme? Take a screen cap real quick. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> if, he, if he come back, I got it. I got All right, it. Face. <laughs> so, <laughs> face like this. So back, back for me, I guess that's step one. Step one is understanding what the local laws are, and then taking that information, articulating it to the children in the manner which they understand it. Because at right now as things continue to change and evolve within the story that we're specifically talking about, it has impacts for not just his family directly, 
But if you're watching and paying attention, it should be impacting all those that are also living in that area. Right. It, the tragic loss that was experienced, it doesn't just stop with that loss. There are other things that now, the second and third order effects are things that we now have to deal with and we should in some capacity address, whether it's locally, privately in our homes, or whether it's something that we discuss and build on as a community, but the conversations have to get started on what it is that we need to do to grow and, pers- and progress as people. Yeah, I, and I, I completely agree with that. I think another thing that I just, uh, I just discovered today after going through all of that was uh, that within the within the U.S. today, there are only four states or five states that have um, hate crime laws. Yeah. Well, excuse me, five, five states that don't have hate crime laws. Ironically, Georgia is one of those that don't have a hate crime law. I was like, I was gonna say it's not that ironic. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, not it, wrong. Right. I guess yeah. it's. I guess it makes sense given the history of the state. Well, and when I think about it, and I look at okay, it's for us. It's not ironic just because where we're from, so we we know lay of the land. But when you see states like Mississippi and Alabama who have hate crime laws, and then South Carolina and Georgia don't have hate crime laws, right? It kind of gives that wheel turning as to why. And you a South Carolina native, man, so. Y'all just took down the Confederate flag, what was it, two years, just, three years ago? Yeah, I don't know. It was a few years ago. I think it might have been more than two, but it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I, uh, was Haley still, she was still in the game on that one or something like that? I'm, I'm pretty sure she was. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but I think I think she was a major player in that. But nonetheless, those are those are big pieces. But I don't think it's enough to to say have the conversation at home. I guess my question for you all where do we fix it? How do we go forward and say, these are things that we need to adjust. These are things we need to improve on. How do we as a people res- get into a mode of prevention for this? Um, I'll, I'll prime it with this way, right? Is it an issue? With, is it a lawmaker thing? Is it maybe we need to spend more time on jury duty? I know a lot of people of color tend to duck out on that. Is this a matter for the church? Is this something that we need the church to get engaged in so that way they can get out and demonstrate a love amongst people and see beyond the melanin and actually see humans with heartbeats and souls? Like, where do we step into in to start preventing and doing away with this mentality? I think that's an interesting question because the mentality that we be charged, we as black people, or maybe as a society, but led by black people, obviously as the group of interest or who has special interest in this, would have to be doing something to change the minds of white people who see this as something that's okay to do. And that is, I think, a tall task given the history of our country, especially in the South. Um, I think I know that people will do what they know they can get away with. That's just bottom line. I actually one time dated a white guy and my, uh, conversation, my great uncle was very upset about me dating this man. Um, and he was like asking what his grand, what his granddad has to say about you. And I was very confident that, you know, there would be nothing of the sort, like no issue. He was from uh, North Carolina. 
And I asked him, you know, if your granddad was alive, what would he have to say about me? And he told me, honestly, like he probably would comfortably call me nigger behind my back. Like, oh, he's dating a nigger woman. Child, what? So that was like, that was a long time ago, but it was very sobering to me. And it really made it clear to me people will do what they think they can get away with. I think in the short answer to your question is that we'd have to make it clear that they wouldn't be able to get away with this so easily in order to stop people from doing things like this. So I think lots of things that you brought up could come into play there. Maybe it means that, you know, what? people don't, yeah. black people don't shy away from, there you go. Hold on, let me get a screen cap. All right, Teddy Riley, we got you. Teddy Riley, we got you here. Look at look at his face. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so he left. Just I got that too. I got the empty room too. <laughs> I got the empty room. So just, just wrap I, up what I'm saying. I think like people, you know, I think involvement and our involvement in things like jury duty and even being extremely diligent about, you know, at this point in our situation, following up on, unfortunately, murders that have already occurred and making it so people who have committed murders are more often convicted than not would kind of work backwards to change the mentality. I don't think that anyone who would do something like this cares too, too, too much about what we would have to say otherwise, unless it's going to yield some negative result for them. So one thing I would throw in, Wayne, which you you threw, you threw something that I wasn't uh, expecting. Not that we, asking, so we rely on the church. I think that part of it actually kind of hinders the progress within these situations for the simple, like, there, like absolutely nothing wrong with getting people together, praying for the situations, all that. But I think so, like a lot of times there's so much counting on us to give what happens and rely on the external that it's like, oh, this can happen, we'll get away with it. They'll pray about it and it's all gone. Okay. I think uh so for me when I when I made the reference to the church, it's not so much of getting together praying about it specifically, right? It's more so the message that's supposed to come along with the church of unity and love for all humanity um so that's kind of where i was hoping that the church would be able to take a role the challenge is here in america sunday is probably the most divided time in the nation so that that message has a tendency to to fall off as well um considering the way that things have unfolded um okay. i think about the perspective of us as a people when it comes to I'll use the reference that from Candace's earlier she mentioned how she dated someone of the opposite race I've I'm not even going I'm not able to count I think I've touched every race just about this out there so if if, if you got a category on one of the federal forums that you can check a box on I'm pretty sure I dated somebody oh, in the category hey, hey, don't, you, don't you don't you think it's interesting that he used the word touched yes so that's that's so that's what I was going yeah. to I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna carry you into that. Um, <laughs> 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 ah, you see what I did there with the caviar? I was gonna carry on that because Candace, she like specifically said, no, excuse me, she specifically said that she dated a white guy. You said you touched, right? Like, 
Like that was that was my Boy, boyfriend. I can put myself in the same situation. I can tie myself into with you. I've touched different races, but as far as dating, it's only been black. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I can't say that. So yeah. no, nah, he can't say that either. Yeah, I can't say that either. Um, but that's because so growing up, right? The the so why got his chin on the video. Like, what is going on with him right now? You. I just want you to know that I'm getting all these screen caps. We still can't hear you either, Teddy. Come on, Teddy. Come in, Teddy. We can hear you. Yes. Yeah. So look, here's what happened. Okay, thank you. My computer froze in the middle of everything, right? This is so, new. Yeah, it's not new, but it's repurposed. Thanks, Yeah, so it, it, it froze. So then I had to grab the other one and then try to whoop the whoop. Mm. Am I ever on? We glad you made it back, Teddy. Yeah, well, welcome back. So uh, we have some one. We have some wonderful screen caps to share with you later. <laughs> so what? So where are we at with the conversation? So my question to the because we're still we haven't um, transitioned away from run with mod. We we're still there, right? But okay. I guess my question to the group was, how do we resolve it? What does what does resolution look like? Um, we use some Candace used some examples as far as who she dated and how their grandparents felt about that. And I guess for me, that's one of the things that I've considered in my notes, right? Like, what does it take for us as a nation to get beyond the, this melanin issue that we have? A lady um, by the name of Jane Elliott a long time ago, she did the brown eyes, blue eyes um, experiment. She laid out some very basic statements and details. And the, the conclusion to it all was you know, we should be beyond this this issue that we continuously have with someone in their melanin based on, you know, where they originated in the world, their location to the equator, things of that nature. Those are all many of the references that she used in reference to how different we really are outside of the melanin. We have some cultural differences some things that y'all do down in South Carolina or Georgia that doesn't happen in Virginia or, you know, other parts of the nation. But at the but end of the day, we as people are people. Right. So, and with Right, and with that, Wayne, the differences that we have. So, me, Adam, Candace, we're, we are from like the same area. You're from a little bit north. The differences that we have, <laughs> a little bit north. <laughs> the differences that we have, we are still able to get together and ha and be tight, and we'll joke about it. But at the end of the day, we're still basically family. Like that, that doesn't divide us. Mm -hmm. And and nor should it. And that nor was, I think, and that was Jane Elliott's biggest piece. Like we're divided by some of the most non-relevant factors in life. It's it's pretty out of control. Right. Um, but that's that's where we were with it, Adam. Before uh, life started happening over there, uh, I don't know which law of Murphy's it is, but if it can, it will. I believe that's the conversation. So all right. Well, I I think part of getting over the melanin problem is you know you got to fuck your problems away. <laughs> Hold on, I didn't mean to put this up here. Get, get, get these comments out of my face. <laughs> hey, one of y'all go to the banners and fix the banner. But nah, uh, what was I saying? You got to fuck your problems away. And the way that you fuck your problems away is you just don't care about it. And then everybody starts to look the same and you become that Kardashian color. You know, hell no. <laughs> You're talking about the physical aspect of that, right? Huh? 
ahead. Yeah, I think you're talking about the physical aspect of like literally fucking your problems away. Right. But I'm saying it it comes with coming together and when people start looking the same, they identify with these people immediately and then there becomes less of a melanin issue. Do you believe that though? No. Why should they have to come? Of course he doesn't. I know. Look at us now. Look yeah, at us now. He look like that fucking meme right now, the moon face. <laughs> you my friends for anybody that's following me that don't know I talk like this. So, <laughs> so here's one. We here's all, another we piece, all look right? like different color emojis to Adam's uh, play play point. So obviously that doesn't work because we tried. I mean, not intentionally. We didn't try that, but that has been done. Yeah. So, um, but. Really, I think it is humbling ourselves. It's, it's people, it's, dog, it's color. And I mean, there are cultural differences, but the cultural differences aren't just because of color. Because I remember when I went to Morehouse, I identified more with rural white people than I did a black person from Southern California. But I'm like, not going to hold on. I need clarity on that, right? When okay. you say you identify more, what did you identify with? Was it lifestyle, behaviors, tendencies? Lifestyle, what? behavior, common interest. Yeah. Okay. Um, even down like the way I dress, like some of the way I talk. I grew yeah. up in the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that because like when I went to when I went to college, right? That was the first time that I I had been around like a like I was outnumbered by not like Males that were black, but tip, like acted white, talked white. So it was a culture shock for me and one of my homeboys. Like that was different for us. We had never seen that before. So being around people that, you know, you get to somewhere where you're you're more of a minority than where you've come from. And the people that you think you can relate to, you can't. So that was that was that was new for me. Not not today where I'm at today, like I get it. But back then, like that was the first time I had stepped in that environment. So I feel you, Chew, and I saw your little air quotes around the little acted white conversation. Um, yeah. I, I don't like that language. Right. And I, so today, I'm with you on that. But back then, I didn't like, that's what I like. Hearing that, that's what I knew. That's, that's what acted white was to me. Okay. I, I, yeah, I can, I can understand it. There, like some people might say I act white today, but if you know me, you know I don't. I, well, I don't, it's not even a thing. But like then, that's what I like. That's what I thought it was. Nah, when I met you, I was a little worried. I thought you was a little, 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 you know. Ah. So my so my statement still goes to to how do we resolve it though, Adam? That's still the question, right? So I've heard conversations and I've interacted with some people where they say we need to respond with violence, right? I ain't gonna do shit. Well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Violence is not going to do, it's not going to get the result that you want. Does it stop something immediately? Sure. Can we can we eliminate some of the individual instances? Yes. Like if somebody tries to attack me and I have a gun, it's either a gunfight or it's no fight, right? But the idea of we're just going to use violence, it, it, it parallels to what's happening in the world, you go to a country, you kill some people, and you say, hey, listen to me, let's be friends. No, you killed my daddy. 
you killed my uncle, you killed my brother. Why would I want to work with you? And it's the same thing in the race fight. Granted, we're on the victim side of it. Like, hey, white man, you killed my people. Why should I trust you? Like, why I don't trust you, the individual. I don't trust the system because the system is working for you. So at the end of the day, you have to drop your pride and extend the olive branch to me because I can want a unified world. I can want black people and white people to live together in a place where black people feel safe around white people, white people feel safe about, around black people and whatever other cultures you want to throw into there. But if the person who is the aggressor doesn't do it, it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter what I do. They have to, to, to swallow their pride. I agree with you. And I think uh, Candace said something earlier that I believe is also a pretty strong solution. And I, I think it was Candace could have been true. But the statement was, we have to get to a point where they don't believe they can get away with it. Yeah, right, right. And for me, I think what that looks like to get anyone to a point where they don't feel like they can get away with the crime as heinous as those are or any crime in general for that regard, right, is putting the right people in office, making sure that the local elections, the lawmakers that are there, the people that we elect and we put into those public positions, that they're going to actually work in towards getting everyone's best interest into play. So that way, laws like citizens arrest and things in that nature are actually something that can be prosecuted, something that we can actually look at and say, OK, we can get a grand jury together quickly. Now, under these conditions, I understand the quarantine thing, grand jury, people to come together, not a real option. But, but even, even outside of that, Wayne, for for you to be in a position, right, and this to happen, for one, how often does something like this, somebody gets killed, and you call to see if you can arrest this person. Yeah. Let me like get to arrest somebody. Well, you're asking Wayne. No, I get no, no, no. Well, you know, it's theoretical. How often does that happen? If if us, if two of us, any of us who are on here right now would have shot somebody, do you think they would have called before they made the arrest? Anybody. Huh? I would have been shot. Exactly. Nobody would have been called, but they made the phone call and then the DA stopped the arrest. Now that's I think we 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 mentioned that, but we have to consider the history of the person, right? He's tied in in that regard. That McMichael guy, he was he was on their team. He has so a history with them. He did the investigation. He, with he, he 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 really was on their team because he, he also worked on their team. He worked on he their team. Why does that matter in the case of Ryan? Why does that? So the reason why I would say it matters is because the people that he's calling to have this conversation with, the people that are responsible for executing that arrest or letting them know, hey, this is out of pocket, those are the same people he's in cahoots with. Like those people are at his table, and I say this in theory, I don't know who's really at his table, but they, they're sitting around eating saltines and enjoying some grapes. Like no, they, the they, 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 eat, the they eat skins, child. <laughs> What's she saying? Now they eating good because them some big chicks. Big chicks. Oh, oh, my fault. But yeah, they, they eat. But I mean, look. that's the that's the driving factor for me. Like he can get away with it because the people that would be responsible for putting that arrest in place are in his corner. But here's the thing, Wayne. He has the audacity to get to think he can get away with it. 
he knows he can. He would have to if it weren't for you meddling kids. And the system has the audacity to let him get away with it until some famous people get mad about it. And people start marching and people start talking. I'm telling y'all, it's that white audacity. That that's what we really need to get to, to pull out of this is white people have the audacity to do fucked up shit and act like it didn't happen. And and, and then with the GoFundMe, they don't it's not wrong. They don't act huh? like it did. They they don't act like it didn't happen. They act like it's not wrong. And th- and that's where I was going to with the GoFundMe. Like if you read some of the language in there. Like, did not obey simple commands. Like, motherfucker, you don't command me to do anything. Bro. I'm grown. You ain't my daddy. So, Adam, so what's, the, what's the name of the organization that started to go fund me, though? Was it Christians, Christians uh, against Google? Google? We all worship the same God. My Christ don't tell me to kill people. It's okay because they, because I, uh, he was suspicious. You didn't listen. Oh, hey, if you don't listen to me, I can shoot him. Christians against uh, 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 Google. Cause Google got all the answers. Like so, so, so. Here's the thing, right? So there, there are some people trying to uh, say that it was self defense, right? And how do how do you defend that being self defense, right? If if I'm on a if I'm jogging and you attack me with the gun and your son, and I defend myself, I get shot. But you are self you you defending yourself. How do you, you try to grab my gun away from me that I was trying to shoot you with, so I have to defend myself from you? How do you have the audacity to say that you're defending yourself if I haven't done anything? It's white audacity, bro. Right. This this shit is mind blowing, dog. Which it's which I, Adam, I agree. I agree with you on the concept of white audacity, one hundred percent. I hope you say it five thousand more times because I think the bottom line is what I said earlier. People will, children will. Animals will, humans will keep doing a thing as long as they think it's okay for them to get away with it. As soon as they have an indicator, a strong one, that there's going to be real problems for them, if they do something, then they'll let up. But as long as they can get away with it more often than they don't, it's, it's going on. Adam, I hear you with the, with the statement. The words, the words are tough for me, though. The, it, I, I can't put this into a white audacity piece. I understand your statement. I understand your sentiment, but I, I struggle with it being white audacity. Now, there's some ignorant people out there that are making these decisions. In this scenario, they were white, but it's not just white people that are doing ignorant things. In this scenario, yes, it is absolutely. I, I struggle with the audacity part of it because it's this particular group of what I'll call I'll call them supremacists. I'll give them. I'll I'll, I'll throw that label at them, uh, okay? Because they fit in a certain category with a certain way of thinking. They have a certain mentality. I'll, I'll take that approach with it, but I can't say the white audacity because that's different in many scenarios. But it's but it's also similar in many scenarios. There's also a common thread between lots of events over a long ass time. Agreed. There there is a there is a, a trend. Yeah. And for me, it's the trend and the explanations. Like when you when you talk about a command, I don't work for you. You don't own me. What you, you don't command anybody but your kids. 
And that's where that supremacy piece comes into place for me, Adam. The audacity of you to have a state of mind where you can walk in front of me and say, you need to stop moving. That's white audacity. That, and and, in, in the, in, I, when it sounds like, I, I think I understand what you're saying. In the case that the person who's exercising that kind of supremacy happens to be white, perhaps it's white audacity. It's yes. just that the idea can span across cultures. Right. It, most, it, it most definitely gets span across culture. And the reason I throw that out there, Adam, because it's not just that it's some people with a badge, they take that same approach. This is that stop and frisk thing, right? You look a certain way, and because of my badge, you will stop and you will abide by these things. Not that you've done anything wrong, but you yeah. look like you might do something wrong. But at least when it happens with a badge, that badge is an authority symbol for you to act in some way. Whereas when you have these individuals, these, these independent contractors carrying out hits on people in our com community, it's like, you're not the authority. If you feel like I'm a suspect, cool, call the law. For one, I like to mind my business. What's going on next door ain't got nothing to do with me. And that gets more into my audacity piece. Like, mind your business. Why Why you care about what I'm doing? It's not affecting you. Stay over there. But in the sense that you do care, just call the law. Say 911. I think we got the robber. I identified him. It's small town. Come on, bro. Y'all going to be over there in three minutes. The white man called the police. He used to work for him. Right. He probably, still, he probably still would have been arrested. If right, he right. Died. right, right, right. Yeah, I, I he, was, he was going to jail. I get what you're saying, Adam, but I also understand that if you look at us who's talking right now, we have that understanding of who we are in those situations. We haven't done anything. We know how the law works, this and that. But I think we've also come from places where we know people that if they haven't done anything wrong, they are going to say that they had. They they will fight that because they haven't done anything wrong. Yeah. We weren't all raised in these perfect neighborhoods. We weren't raised in the suburbs. So people from where we come from, if they ain't done nothing wrong, they're going to defend themselves. Even when all they got to do is say a stop or just listen to whatever the, well, the, the law says. Chew, I think it's regardless of where you're from, that's, that's human nature. The fight or flight concept, that's human Agreed. nature. I'm here to survive. My DNA has been through a lot over the centuries. I have survival inside of me. I'm not going to just sit here when you are brandishing any kind of weapon. I'll, I'll go with, uh, I'll use that language. I agree I'm with just that. Comply. Because I don't think there's no situation that would cause me to stop from my, my run when these motherfuckers was chasing me. There's no situation. Yeah, I'm like, fuck them. If anything, I'm going to run faster. I get if anything. If anything. But when that, <laughs> truck cut in, when that truck pulled in front of that young man and he didn't have too many other places to go, that's that's where the tragedy comes into play. Right, right. But again, that's the fight or flight mentality where I don't have too many other options right now. All I know is that this is the situation. And if he runs, if he's anything like uh, most people that go out and do their runs or jogs or whatever, he has his headphones in. I don't, I don't know if he had any of those things, but I know for me, if I'm out on the run, I'm going to have a headphone in. I'm going to be listening to whatever it is I'm listening to at the time. I'm not fully tuned into all things that are around me, minus traffic. I'll hear a horn blow. 
car coming up behind me, I'll probably hear that. But that's about the most extent that I'm going to hear. Yeah, yeah, so right. for me, that I understand where you're coming from, Adam. I get it. I just think that language of, of white audacity is challenging for me because it's not just white people. That's fair. And I think that's a good uh, pivot point because we've been here for 40 minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, I miss half the conversation. I can't get your music together. get your sound together. Man, look. Yeah, Gucci dancing in the back. You couldn't get, get it all together. Though. Man, it was all bad because I, I I set up last night and everything, like trying to be proactive. But but let's get to the Sean Reed piece. And when I first saw it, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to touch this one because it's weird. But once you brought it, I was like, all right, cool. Let's let's just run with it. So Sean Reed uh, led police on a high-speed chase for, I don't know what reason, but he's on Facebook Live the whole time. I'll throw something in there, right? So the the cops that were chasing him were in an unmarked car. They noticed him driving recklessly. So that's how the chase started. Okay. Yeah, so you can you can jump back in from there. All right, and then he's just on there pretty much saying, like, yo, I'm getting chased. I'm tripping. I'm wilding. He eventually parks the car, gets out, runs. Cops are yelling commands at him. He continues young, uh, yelling. He yells, fuck you, Adam. He eventually gets tased and then shot multiple times in, in his back. And then one of the cops is kind of standing over him and is like, that's going to be a closed casket. React. Hmm. Um, what I think, another part that I think is important to uh, to understand is that the, the actual case had got called off. So the cops that shot him uh-huh. were, were not the original ones that were chasing him. They actually called the, the uh the chase off because it was too reckless. Hmm. That was that was when he stopped and got out. Those were cops in the area that went forward with what happened after that. Hmm. I just I just struggle with this one because it's a situation where he shouldn't have died. Right. But right. God damn, son, how many things did you do wrong just to put yourself in a bad situation? Like, you, you, you're going to jail, period, for being a dumbass. Like, I don't even know why you're running. You may have a good reason to be running. Probably not. But it's like you want to say, you sh- if you wouldn't have done this, 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 you don't go to jail. I mean, you don't get bothered. You can't say that, Adam. You, and the reason why you can't yeah. say well, you can say it, right? The words can come out. Yeah. But, but just because of the case that we started off with, you can't believe. Beyond the case that we started off with, we can walk through this nation over the past couple of years and we can look at individuals that were choked out for a cig- uh, selling a cigarette here in New York. We can look at individuals that were shot in the car reaching for the documents. We can look in front of his wife, in front of his children. Like We can look at so many scenarios where individuals have been shot for doing less. So you, right. it, it's tough for me to look at any scenario and say, hey, if you would have done this, you'd have been okay. Because that's right. not wholly true. 
You could have stood perfectly still, laid on the ground and been choked to death and nothing, the same language, same situation would have occurred. If you, you could have been sitting in your car, same situation would occur. So for me, I'm at a point where I don't know if he'd have done anything different if the situation would have ended any differently, especially in, in that area. There were Indianapolis. Yeah. Like, the I don't know how many of their, their police officer shootings go unreported, but I'm confident that they have a high level. The irony of that area, right, is is within eight hours, the police killed three people, separate occasions. One could have been tied into this that happened, but they don't know for sure. But there was another, there was a completely separate other one that happened. Yeah, it's, is that like a, is that eight a hours? It seems high, but is it really high? Right. For me? Yeah, it's high for me. If that's the person that. I, you want to call to the scene of a jogger who's in the position of a citizen's arrest. You want to call that same badge bearing person to the scene. And that person, yeah, it's high for me. One, mm -hmm. two deaths is high for me. Yeah. You know, especially um, considering I, I, what it looks like when other parties and communities of people get together and they are in direct violation of public law and there's mm -hmm. no interactions at all. There's no violent exchange there's nothing nothing of that regard right that's fair yeah. um there's a different spin on this to adam's point about like basically do what were you doing sean king very quickly said something in a post he made about this incident a couple of days ago just in the comments somewhere he mentioned, um, basically, he said, you know, this should not have been a, an event that ended in this young man's death. We think he may have been having a mental health crisis when this was going on and actually needed medical attention and not to be killed. Um, and I'm not sure why he came to that conclusion or what, like, if he has any actual intel into that or if he's just basing that on like some of the same questions he's asked himself that you know like similar to what you've asked Adam but I I thought that was interesting I hadn't really heard that be highlighted as a possibility it makes sense he was a veteran perhaps maybe there was some PTSD involved I don't like to assume PTSD in people as much as it kind of comes up in conversation usually but I just thought that was interesting yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know with this one. Um, I know he shouldn't have died, obviously. Yeah. And the joke that was made over the, the dead body is what really bothers me. It's like, damn, bro, y'all just killed this person for what reason? And you're going to make a joke about it. Like, it's not even a, a human like, he doesn't have a family, a mama, siblings who were on the news crying about this, like, in the moment. Like, right. And that... I, I have an issue with that, too. Like, news people. Get these people... Get these cameras away from them. My sibling was tragically killed just, just for no real reason. And you gonna put a camera in my face for me to say... This shouldn't have happened. And it's one thing to lose somebody tragically. But when it's as a result of a problem that we've witnessed year in and year out, it, I feel like it hurts that much more because it's like, damn, police brutality?
not like a car accident, like a real accident, but like somebody killed my sibling in the name of the law. The fucking camera on my face. I don't, I can't imagine any scenario where someone's life is taken from them where I'm going to look at it and, and have any type of peace of mind towards it. The lack of regard for human life, the lack of love for humanity is my biggest issue. The idea that we are supposed to protect and serve is, is supposed to be the first and foremost thing in your mind. So when protecting and serving turns to ignorant, arrogant statements like, I guess this is going to be a closed casket funeral, you are no longer in the business of protecting and serving. I'm not a professional. I don't spend much time in the DSM-5 looking at diagnostics, but I'm confident and I'm willing to say this. There's something wrong with you. There's an issue. Maybe we look to get that human being sat down and get the badge removed, all those different things, but there's something wrong with you when you have no regard for human life. You don't care about the factors that go along to, go along with that death. That person, they're not feeling anything now that their life is removed from them. But for every human being that has interacted with them, for everyone that's in their circle, they are feeling. For every constituent that we're that they're supposed to be out there representing, for the people they're supposed to be protecting and serving with, they are feeling something. My trust and confidence in calling you to my situation for assistance is not there. I don't have peace of mind that you're going to have the willingness and the desire to do what's in the best interest of me. If that's going to be your response to a person's life being taken, that's not okay. Right or wrong? I think you're right. I just think that there's a deeper issue in the police force, the American police force as a whole. I was talking with some friends a little while ago about, you know, just concerned that the level of screening um, and credential, emotional intelligence credential for people entering into a service whose mission is to protect and serve the whole of the American community, like granted and broken up parts of that community, but that's a tall order. So to bring somebody into that fold without like vetting certain things, whatever those certain things would be, I think is a mistake. And I just don't think that the, the expectation is even high enough. I don't think the, the, filtration process for people coming into the police force is very careful at all. I think what they're looking for in someone to protect and serve is not really um, fitting to that job description. Like I low key feel like you should be looking for a mental health professional who's real tough. (laughs) (laughs) I I just think when it comes to trap spiritual therapists over there, <laughs> don't. But my thing with the uh, <laughs> with, with with the with police is you should be more focused on serving than the actual protection piece. And I think the badge and the gun is what so many people do it for, but not actually the service. Yeah. Yeah, that that could be true. I can't speak for the minds of the many. Um, I just know that that human being, that's an area of concern for me when it comes to that human being. 
I'm confident there's a strong amount of people that are out there. They're wearing the badge and they're putting their uniform on day in and day out. And they have every intention on doing what's in the best interest of the people. But that human being, I don't, I don't get the same feeling based on those actions. And it just so happens that that human being is wearing a uniform. But for me, I would have, I would be concerned if I had to call in a crime in that area where at that precinct where he was the person that was going to possibly be coming in to, to provide me any type of service protection, whatever the case may be. I hope you all enjoyed part one. Uh, and again, sorry for the technical difficulties, but look, it, it was a great pod. Uh, part two is a bit more laid back. We get into some self-care, some self-love, start making some jokes. And we get into, what else do we get into in part two? Uh, yes, Karen Civil tweet. But yeah, just, just, you see what I'm talking about? I can't do these intros and outros. But anyways, part two coming soon. Uh, Big Baby at.